Chances are your home is the most valuable thing you'll ever buy. And the most valuable thing you'll ever sell, too. Don't make important real estate decisions on your own. Get advice you can trust. Listening to the Dan Jemis Real Estate Show, an advertising feature on AM800. Here's your host and broker owner, Dan Jemis. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us this morning in studio. It is me and a couple of beautiful ladies, Kathy Talbot, Stephanie Tripp, a sales reps of the Dan Gemma's team. Andrew is off today. He had a wedding last night. Some excuse. Brother-in-law. I know. <laughs> Jeez. So it's just us in the studio. Everyone is doing well? Everyone's doing well. Just great. Yes, lots. Just great. <laughs> Stephanie rolled in a little bit late today, but here she is. She made it. That's good. That wasn't um, sarcasm. I'm doing just great. Yes, you're doing just great. There you go. Um, we have uh, lots to talk about on the show. Obviously, lots of um, you know water, rain, flooding issues uh, in Windsor-Essex this past week. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. We have uh, the most expensive home listed in Toronto. Oh, in Toronto this time. Yes, in Toronto, in the GTA, and we'll talk about that. We've got some celebrity uh, stories as well. And um, what's my uh, what's my interesting st- my interesting um, topic here? Oh, reasons bugs love your home. Oh, nice. Reasons bugs love your home. We'll talk about that too. We're going to talk about um, uh, insurance uh, with flooding. We'll talk about the legal aspect of flooding and selling your home what happens if you're in the middle of you know wrapping up a sale in your property and your in your in your home uh uh floods mm-hmm. what happens in that case we have had some issues this past week with clients that were set and scheduled to close and oops their basement floods so we'll talk about the situations there and how to handle them um number one don't panic right a lot of people panic we i, I think all of our phones started ringing uh, this past week on the team when uh, when that flooding happened and uh, every single one of us had some issues. In fact, Stephanie, you personally had uh, some uh, some flooding issues uh, one of your rental properties. Yep. It didn't go as bad as some people said. I didn't yes. have feet of water. I only had inches. Yes. Uh, but it's enough that the drywall has to be cut out. And yeah, no doubt. It's still a hassle, yep. right? And I've been there. My basement has had water issues. And like you, Stephanie, when my basement uh, had the issues, it was only a few inches. It wasn't, you know, feet. But it's still a pain you have to go through. The insurance still came in. We still gutted the the basement, you know, the lower portion of the drywall, all the flooring, the baseboards. You know, you still have to go through it all, and it still takes months. It's still a hassle. And and when we had our issue, there wasn't a mass problem where thousands of people had, you know, flooding issues. So we weren't caught in, you know, that that timing issue where people can't get a hold of anybody because it's taking so long and – you know, that's a whole other part of that uh, that story where people are, are stuck having to wait because there's a lineup of people with flooding issues and uh, some were pretty bad. Obviously, you know, we all saw video uh, and pictures online from what people were experiencing and, you know, we definitely feel for you. It's not, uh, mm-hmm. not a fun thing to go through, right? I look back uh, years ago um, when uh, Amherstburg had a huge, yes. a huge, uh, a huge flood. I want to say what was that like five, six, seven years ago? Is it that long ago already? Yeah, yeah. And um, we had uh, I had just listed a house uh, out there, and uh, the house had previously burnt down to the ground. So there was a brand oh, new house built, yes. and I list it for sale. And then doesn't it get hit by these massive floods? It was you know a couple feet of water, um, you know. So they had been through. A you lot. know, through a lot. And uh, needless to say, we sold the house with the basement gutted. Uh, an offer still came in and they 
you know, the benefit to the, to the buyers at the time where they got to pick, yeah, you know, the flooring and, the, and yeah. the color for the walls and all that kind of fun stuff. So there's always obviously a, a way to look at the bright side of things. And um, it's there's no doubt it's not fun to go through. Oops, not fun to go through. But, uh, you know, you got to just deal with it. Keep your, your head on straight and, uh, you know, and try and just keep calm and get through it. Moving forward is the only option. That's the only option. That's right. Right? You and just think that it. people have been through much worse. Um, you know, and there's some situations where people, you know, have people living in a basement or there's apartments in basements and people are actually displaced. You yeah. know, sometimes, you know, for the most part, it's people's basements. And they're, they're not living there. They're just, it's just a hassle. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just get through it. And you have to decide whether the issue is big enough to go through insurance or you just, you know, kind of take care of it on your own. Yeah, that's a big question right there. Uh, what the I found question. out personally is um, right now I have a really good premium. I've never made a claim. And if I do, it's going to end up costing me another 1500 per year approximately. Oh, wow. Wow, really? Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm not going to go through insurance. After a couple of years, I will have lost the money that I gained. No doubt. Wow, that's... You know, well, in a lot of premiums now, um, people are capped at $10,000 for oh. basement coverage, $20,000, which... You know, having gone through myself and there was not much of an issue in our basement, that was, you know, I think approaching $20,000 at the time. So it didn't take much. By the time you get some furniture in there and your flooring and the labor to get it all done and the the insurance company, uh, the restoration companies charge you quite a bit to get that stuff dried out. And that eats up a lot of your, a lot of your, uh, your, your, your dollars there. So it's uh, something you have to give some good thought to. But at the same time, you have to do it. You have to get it done. You have to try well, what about properly. these poor people that have been through this, like in the Tecumseh area, right? I have a, a friend who just got her whole basement yes, done, we finished, and now yeah. it's been flooded again. again. So what's insurance going to do? I, you know, oh. um, it's not going to be pretty. No. You know? And I think as we go, as we move forward, we're going to start seeing less and less uh, basement coverage yeah. um, availability. Um, you know, and again... The tides are turning. The weather is changing. You know, we're starting to see these hundred-year storms yeah. every two years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it's one of those things. I look at the property that we're building, um, and we are backing onto a, a creek. And so the, the land already is pretty, is much higher than, than the creek is. But, you know, with IRCA, when IRCA's considering these building permits, you know, we were one of them. We had to go through, use IRCA and uh, wait for their permits. We have to build up our lot quite a bit. Yes, you were saying um, that, yeah. But really, it's a good it's thing. It's a good thing. You know, you have to look at it, you know, from from a standpoint of, you know, these floods happening every every couple of years. And, uh, the you could start rising. a new trend. You could build on uh, stilts. You know hey, how there's some areas where like the houses California are literally... And, yeah, by the ocean there? Yeah. Hey, wouldn't that be cool? There you go. I can imagine that would not be cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would not imagine so. Well, how much does it Building cost to dig stilts. a basement? Well, it's... It, and it, finish the basement. Uh, first of all, I don't think the issue would be. I think it's more so the uh, the structure. You have to you know plop your house on on full structure and, and putting on on stilts and yeah. You still have to put a foundation. You still have to put it footings with uh, with the stilts on top of the footings. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're, so you're still digging. You're still digging, but and not something. Maybe you know one of these days, Kath will build a house with stilts in huh? Essex County. Okay. <laughs> but. So yeah, so if if you're going through it, uh, you know a lot of folks are, and but unbelievable some of the footage that we were seeing out in the roads, those yeah. uh, those couple days with the flooding and well, especially if you like I live out in the county as yes. you know, and we we got three inches. Yes, That's all we, we didn't got, get much, which I thought was wonderful. 
you know, because we haven't had enough rain where I'm at. Um, and of course, we had no water laying anywhere. And then I start watching TV and watching Facebook and seeing all these cars up I to know. there. And I'm thinking, oh my Lord, where the heck are they at? We were driving out, um, Corey and I, uh, to our Gemma's home build in Kingsville. Yes, they got and, nothing. And uh, they got nothing. And yeah. so we're, as we're driving, it's everything's going down in Windsor, right? Everything is flooding and the cars are, you know, swimming in lakes and and we kept looking at this guy saying there's like nothing happening out out here at kingsville way it was quite uh you know it just goes goes to show you that it all takes is a cloud over there and next thing you know it could be just downpouring yeah you know not far away it's been hit and miss for a while this year yeah i was sitting on my front porch doing some work with my dog yeah um and i was just watching my my street fill up Wow. I, 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 dro- I drove You're in to my Windsor. house. Yeah, and I yeah. live uh, in Walkerville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I drove to my house, parked on the road. It was Everything was fine. I'm sitting on my front porch, and then all of a sudden I looked up, and the water was above my tires <gasps> on my car. Oh, jeez. That fast, eh? I, Yeah, I just started calling people, canceling my appointments for the night. Obviously, I'm not showing houses. My, yeah. my car is underwater. <laughs> so was it is was that the as high okay? as you got? Like what? My car is okay. It, it didn't end up going any higher than that, Um, whether it rusts heavily in a couple years i don't know Mm. you know that was a big issue um with the katrina uh flooding where the people were unloading cars um you know in other parts of the country in canada and uh because they had flooded and of course if a car goes through a flood you know obviously they're going to dry it out and they're going to try and unload them which is horrible yes um and then a couple years later they were starting to see all these cars you know going through massive uh Issues with rust uh, and uh, yeah, eee. all things you don't think about, right? Yeah. But yeah, some cars you're, you're seeing swimming in underpasses. It's like ooh, you know. But. I have a I have a client who has a, his own business and he has a, a big truck, and he was at Walker and Grand Maras, yeah, right in that lake, and it must have been one of his drivers, I think, who started to come down there and just stalled right out. And he said that it cost him a $14,000 engine job. Wow. Said it wrecked the engine in his truck. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So he's not a happy camper. Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, lots more on the show. Uh, We're going to talk some more about flooding, and uh, we'll talk some more about uh, some celebrity news stories and uh, the most expensive home listed on the MLS in Toronto. We'll talk about that, too. Lots more right here on the Dan Gemma's Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the show. Now, uh, as we're talking about flooding, uh, what better person to talk to than our good friend, Chris Gibb of Gibb Insurance Brokers. Chris, good morning. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Well, very good. Thank you. And thanks for joining us this morning. Now, you and I have been talking quite a bit this week because, quite frankly, I was curious as to you know what the insurance business uh, was seeing uh, with, the, with the floods this week. You're telling me that uh, it was not pretty. No, it was not pretty. This this latest uh, this latest round of flooding that we've had uh, is probably going to turn out to be worse than uh, than the one we had about eleven months ago back last wow. year. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable, uh, unbelievable. The disaster guys that I'm talking to, the guys that actually come in and clean up the wet basement. Yes. Um, a lot of them have have maxed out. They can't uh, they can't can't take any more claims because it's. Uh, there's just been so many out there. Now, I remember last time uh, seeing, you know, the restoration companies, uh, the national ones and the, uh, uh, you know, the ones province-wide starting to flood trucks in from other parts of the, uh, of the, of the, of the country and of the province. I'm assuming we're seeing the same thing again, uh, you know, 
this time around. Absolutely. Yeah, you've got a lot of uh, a lot of the insurance carriers, the the companies themselves, they bring in special teams of adjusters so that they can handle things quickly and then that's that's another thing. A lot of these disaster companies, even the, you know, the the national ones and the local ones will have agreements with uh, with companies in other towns and they bring guys in, bring equipment in and uh, do all they can to get people dried up and and back to where they were. Jeez. Now, Chris, I, I know you you've been helping uh, you know, my wife and I with insurance for years and you do all of our insurance at the at, at the various companies that we own. You've always been great, you know. When we, in fact, we had an insurance claim uh, on one of our our, our uh, businesses um, uh, a couple of years ago, and Chris was my first call, and he sh- he shows up there like five minutes later, right? And that that's the benefit with uh, working with with Local. someone locally, mm-hmm. right? Is that you know you, call, you give Chris a call, and there he is two seconds later saying, "Here's how we handle it. Don't panic. You know, keep your cool, and uh, we take care of it." What is some of the advice, Chris? Because obviously, your phone I'm sure was ringing this week from clients who. You know, had had their basements flooding. What what do you tell people? How do you keep them calm? Well, I mean, you know, you get when you get a claim like this, it really does. Uh, you know, it's it's the ultimate invasion of your your personal space. Yeah. You know, your your any time you get any kind of damage to your home, it it's upsetting to anyone. But you know, hopefully, the first thing you, you your first phone call should always be to your insurance broker. Yeah. They're able to help you, to advise you, to walk you through the process. Um, you know, uh, right now, one of the things we're experiencing is people have wet basements, and there's nobody there to to come and do it because everybody's so busy. So, yeah. people can start the cleanup process by themselves. Um, you know, if the carpet's soaking wet and it needs to go, you can you can start pulling it out. Just don't throw anything away. Document everything you do. And uh, once you do talk to your insurance company, they, you know, they can, uh, they can take the process from there. But unfortunately, when we have this many homes have, have this problem all at once, they, you know, people are going to have to uh, kind of participate in the cleanup process. Now, I know that you know, when we had our basement issues, uh, I don't know, three or four years ago, um, the insurance company, same thing happened with us. They were too busy to get out quickly. So we started doing the tear out, and I know the insurance company actually kicked us back a few bucks uh, for our troubles having to do that ourselves. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and they, they will reimburse you for for the work you do. Uh, you know, ideally, if it was just a one-off and it was just, you know, your one house had a basement issue, well, then they're going to roll uh, the disaster company out right away, yeah. and you're going to have people come and do it. It's just in these unique situations. You know, you got to wait till guys from London and Toronto can get down here to help our local guys. Now, Chris, walk someone through the um, you know the process here. So their basement floods, they give you a call. What happens next? Usually, if they give us a call, our our first, uh, you know, we 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 have to unfortunately we have to determine if they have coverage or not. Yes. Um, you know, coverage for what we call sewer backup or or, or basement flooding is getting to be very, very expensive. So um, mm. some people choose not to not to take that coverage, and that's a very important decision for for anyone in this area, especially. Do they want to pay it or not? It's, it's, it's a difficult decision. But once we've determined they have coverage, then we give a call to, to one of the disaster companies that we've got a relationship with, and, uh, and they come out, they do the emergency cleanup, they, empty the basement, start tearing out the carpet, get uh, get those things done so they can dry the basement. 
then once the emergency work's done, that's when someone will sit down with uh, with a representative from their insurance company and find out well, how much is lost, what's missing, what's been damaged, and then start the long road towards fixing it. Yeah, which, you know, and, and so again, in, in that scenario there, in that case, when you get to that point, um, you do not have to work with the uh, restoration company to fix your property. You can take uh, the payout from the insurance company, correct? That's, that's right. A lot of times, um, you know, in, in certain situations, it might even be a better idea just to take yes. the payout. And then you can, you know, some people can do the work themselves. Some people can can go to a local uh, flooring store and, and, and get their own, uh, their own um, work done. You can say it, Chris. You can go to Doobie, Doobie's Home Center in Amherstburg and get your all your flooring and cabinets and trim. And, and get all their needs taken care of at one spot. I think we could say that. It is yes, you can. It's my show. What the heck? Dan makes the rules. <laughs> um, they can, uh, you know, a lot of times people can take a cash out, yes. as we call it, and, uh, and then they can start the repair process on their own because sometimes it, it can work a lot quicker that way oh it's sure you know and that, that's what we end up doing again just for time's sake uh and uh you know it, it worked out well but no doubt so are you going back to um coverage what are you typically seeing uh for those who have chosen to pay for extra coverage in the basement what are you typically seeing insurance companies offering now i, I know that's gotten worse in the last few years um you know there's a there's a insurance is at this point we're we're seeing um, most companies are offering anywhere from twenty to fifty thousand dollars worth of coverage. Okay. Um, and depending where you live in the county, uh, it will it will depend on the price you pay. Um, you know, if you've got a sump pump in your home, if you've got a backup sump pump, if you've got a uh, a check valve or a one way valve on your sewer, yep. that will allow you to get higher limits of coverage. Um, and and at a lower premium, if you don't have those those uh, water mitigation systems, then you could be you know you could be paying a lot more. But uh, it's we're we're in the situation now where the climate has changed. Um, basement flooding has become the new normal. So mm. we're all scrambling to try and find a way to provide the coverage at a reasonable price. So um, I think those 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 water mitigation tools are going yes. to become more and more important. No doubt. How does it affect someone who, you know, I'm sure I would assume that you have clients that went through this flooding 11 months ago and now are going through it all over again. How does it affect those clients with their coverage when that happens again? Well, unfortunately, I think we're going to have a lot of people in the Windsor-Essex County area who, when they, you know, if they've had a flood 11 months ago, then they have a second one. They could face a situation where they their policies might renew without sewer backup coverage. Oh. Um, it's never an easy decision, but the insurance companies, unfortunately, have to. Yeah. They have to try to avoid you know the, the people who have un, you know, those unfortunate repeated claims. So they may take the coverage off, or they may insist that you get. You know, a sump pump installed if you don't have one. They might insist that you get a, a check valve on your sewer sure. so that um, you, you you have less of a risk of having that type of claim in the future. If you get those things installed, then you can you might be able to keep your coverage. So there's a Boy, variety of, a variety of ways they're working with people. 
Now, Chris, if someone is sitting there thinking, wow, I should uh, maybe you know look into basement coverage, see if I can get better basement coverage, uh, you're the guy to talk to. How do they get a hold of you, Chris? Well, Dan, we're always willing to, uh, to help people, to give advice, uh, to, to explain the insurance. Unfortunately, sometimes those, that insurance paperwork you get every year, people look at it and yeah. they don't even know what it's, what, they don't know what it even talks about. So if anybody out there has any questions, they can easily call us at uh, 519-736-8228 or they can go to our website, www.gibinsurance.ca. I guess you don't have to say the www anymore, but <laughs> giveinsurance.ca and uh, you know, send us a quick email. We can always answer people's emails really quickly and uh, get back to them and help them with any questions or any uh, any ideas they have to to make sure they have the proper coverage for when this happens again. No doubt, and it, it will happen again. You know, we're going to start seeing this. We we're just talking about on the show uh, that we're starting we're starting to see these. 100-year storms happening every couple of years, right? And so, you know, you have to plan for the worst. Chris, exactly. thank you so much as always. You're fantastic, and uh, keep doing the great work that you do. Well, thank you very much, Dan, and uh, have a great morning. And to the rest of the team who's there today, uh, congratulations. They made it up early and got out there. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. That's all Chris, right. that's Chris Gibb of uh, Gibb Insurance Brokers. What a great guy. You know, Chris does all of our, our insurance uh, personally and uh, – for all of our, our companies as well. So, you know, it's it's important to have that, uh, that that connection, isn't it? Very. Yeah. Thank you, sir. All right. Have a great morning. You too. That's Chris Gibb with uh, Gibb Insurance Brokers. Lots more to come on the show right now. Let's get to news. Don't just take our word for it. Check out what our clients are saying about working with the Dan Jemis Real Estate Team. Visit danjemis.com. The Dan Jemis Real Estate Show, an advertising feature on AM800, continues with broker owner Dan Jemis. Welcome back to the show. Uh, so, yes, it is Dan Jemis with you this morning and uh, Kathy Talbot, Stephanie Tripp, sales representatives with the Dan Jemis Team, in studio with me this morning. Andrew Paper, our media marketing manager, is off today jeez the nerve on a long weekend to take a day off lucky guy i don't know lucky guy <laughs> he had a wedding last night so we said oh andrew stay home sleep in party animal that he is yes <laughs> we didn't tell stephanie to stay home and sleep in but she almost did yeah this i morning. stayed home but i also <laughs> slept in yeah <laughs> came rolling in a little bit late this morning but that's okay she made it she made it in time before the show started yes that's what matters but uh, yes, we're talking all about uh, you know flooding and uh, insurance uh, this uh, this morning. Um, we just got off the phone with uh, Chris Gibb from uh, Gibb Insurance Brokers, who, who gave us the you know uh, the the kind of uh, the, the angle from from the insurance side. Um, I also had a good chat with uh, Bob Milson, uh, the amazing real estate lawyer that the team works closely with uh, over the week, uh, and uh, we had some clients that were set for closing this week and their basement's flooded uh -huh. so i said bob i want to talk about this on the show uh how you know can we best advise the listeners uh to handle situations when there are closings set when you've sold your house and before you know the keys get transferred uh your basement floods and so had uh you know some conversations with him and uh basically bob's advice was the best thing to do is to try and delay closing while the insurance work starts going through but that's not always that is possible. not always, always possible, right? And especially in situations like this, where it's taking it'll take months for this to kind of work its way through the system. You know, we, we just 
Persian people that were wrapping up their renovations and their their insurance claims from last year's flooding 11 months ago right and so it sometimes takes more time so i said well what what options do people have right and you know some of the options it says well you can start putting the claim in and then you know transfer the property and the, the money will go to the to the new owners and so again i always say look at the bright side right so if you're a buyer that has um a deal going through and you're about to get your home in a week and the basement floods the bright side is if it's going through insurance you're going to get yourself a new basement right some renovations in the basement some new flooring some new so yes it's a hassle to go through but you know if it's all being taken care of properly you should end up with some new flooring mm-hmm. you know a new check valve a new backup sump pump or a new sump pump but that that kind of thing right so yeah it's a, I mean, it's a hassle but you have to look at the bright side so that was his only comment that you just <clears throat> pay it forward to the yeah he said uh, if he's representing a seller then his goal is to get that that sale process as quickly as possible right from a buyer's standpoint he's going to suggest that they try and delay closing so that they have time to deal with the issues but like you said it's not always you know possible sometimes no. there's, there's a chain yeah uh, reaction of properties transferring yeah and people need to keep on uh, keep on moving right and so you know from my standpoint, what really matters is making sure that it's taken care of and making sure that there's steps in place to, you know, verify that the claims have been processed and that there's money coming to take care of the issues. Because um, you don't want to be left with a basement that could possibly have mold in the future. Absolutely. That's the biggest thing, I think. Right. And Stephanie made a good point today that some people don't consider the fact that they're, you know, you can dry out the drywall, but if there's... Uh, trim on the oh. floor is not going to dry properly because the, the you know the humidity is still behind those uh, the, yeah. the trim and the, and the wall there so you, next thing you know you have mold issues yeah which you don't know you have and yeah. I have seen them pull off trim and there's mold yes heavy mold behind trim yes right so you have to make sure that it's taken care of properly especially if, if people are living in the basement yes That's their health yeah. regardless right it's living in the basement or not but you're right it's especially important if you're living down there uh, if you do, if you have purchased a property and you have not moved in yet, you know, put a, a phone call to your realtor and uh, have them verify that the basement has not flooded uh, in the home that you've purchased, right? Just to be safe, um, you know. And again, if a seller lies about the fact and tries to hide it, there could be some serious re- repercussions. Yeah. So uh, it's not something that a seller should be lying about. You should be taking care of it properly. If you have sold your home, hasn't closed yet, make sure that it's disclosed. Uh, you don't want to be, you know, again, in my in my opinion, you're better off being honest and taking care of it properly. It's about how it's handled, right? Absolutely. If you if you go about it the wrong way, you're going to get caught up in, you know, in some some issues, mm-hmm. which you don't want to be doing. Not fun. Not fun at all. So if you have flooded, hang in there, you know, keep your head up high. I know it's stressful, especially if, you know, in our case, we had. We have young kids, right? And when our basement was out of use for two months, that's where the kids play for the most part, right? So it's like, okay, their playroom is out of commission. Our family room with our TV is out of commission. You know, so it's more so the, uh, you know, those things you have to consider. Yeah. Right? But you'll get through it. Hang in there. The guys are busy right now. Make sure you you do it properly. So this property in Toronto inside the most expensive home on the Toronto market. Get this. 
For 35 million bucks, a French chateau could be yours, Kathy Talbot. I'm going to take a road trip and go look at it. Take a road trip. The four-acre bridal path property with more than 30,000 square feet of living area. Oh, never mind. Who too big. clean that? It's eh? too big. I don't think they worry about. I don't think they worry about cleaning. Yeah, <laughs> they got people for that. You you caught my attention with the four acres, but thirty thousand square feet, no thanks. Yes, with more than thirty thousand square feet of living area and the most expensive MLS Toronto listing as of Wednesday of this past week, behind the gate is a home with ten bedrooms and fourteen bathrooms, including his and hers. Of course. Uh, a state-of-the-art gourmet kitchen. In an indoor 50-foot swimming pool, which features a structural floor that converts to a ballroom. Oh, wow. How cool is that? There's a lot of history with this property, said agent Barry Cohen, which I know Barry. Nice guy. It's an iconic home. Uh, built in the early 1980s by late financier Robert uh, Campo, uh, Campo, my French friends, who combined two adjacent properties where the mansion is now situated, is been it's been the home. An ongoing project of Harold and Sarah Springer for the past 15 years. Blessed by farmer, uh, by farmer, by former Toronto Archbishop Cardinal uh, Gerald Emmett Carter, notable uh, guests have included Pierre Trudeau, Jane Fonda, and Scandal star Tony Goldman. Huh. Uh, it's been also been the set of multiple films, including uh, Kissinger and Nixon, and that old feeling, and uh, appear uh, and appeared in an episode of Suits. How cool is that? Ah. When the Springers arrived, they were inspired by the French Chateau design of the front entrance and decided to transform the interior to match it. With the help of late architect Gordon uh, Ridgely and landscape architect Ronald Holbrook. Originally, when we bought the property, uh, it did not deliver on the expectation of the gates. Harold Springer explains, It was our desire to deliver that authenticity through the property, uh, and uh, that is in the keeping with the lifestyle of... Um, Laura Valley. Huh. So, I wonder where they're going. Um, <laughs> yeah, where do you go from that, eh? I wonder. Yeah. Ser- seriously, where do you go from a thirty-five million dollar mansion? They probably downsize. I'm sure. I would. I would think. Oh, I mean, they can't exactly get more. Yeah, get more than that. <laughs> oh, they're yeah. gonna go from thirty thousand square feet to twenty-five thousand square feet. The mirrors would have been rescued from the French Revolution. Springer notes, adding that each element, including the chairs, is truly authentic and not reproduced. So a, ma- a magnificent chandelier hanging over the foyer greets visitors as they walk in with a fireplace and overhanging mirror straight ahead, surrounded with chairs on each side. Um, have you seen ever seen a foyer like this? Cohen asks. Everything in the home, from the grand living room and its tall doors leading to the terrace, to the placement of clocks and paintings throughout, a low-rise, widened staircase, and traditional hand-sculpted carvings in the walls and ceilings is part of the painstaking attention to detail. That recalls 17th century France. The owners restored this all, carried it through, but in the proper um, uh, uh, patina. I, I, looking at the pictures, Kath, you're looking at, at them with me. It's okay. It's nothing like. Oh, I think. Oh, look, look at, at that. that. Look at that. Look uh, at that. The pool area. It's, the it's pool. very light. I expected. Uh, I don't know why, but I expected a lot of wood. You know, like a darker yeah. feel, but it's not. It's beautiful. A walk through the property reveals other luxuries like solid marble fireplaces, golden bathroom faucets, a double-sided elevator, and multiple dishwashers, I would hope. The master bedroom on his second floor, there are four floors in total, is at about 580 square feet, the size of, you know, some apartments, while a secondary bedroom is more than 255 square feet. 
Other aspects are less obvious, such as hidden silhouette speakers in the walls of the grand living room. The home also features a luscious garden. I would think so. In the on back four of the acres. property. Hey, how do you like to work in that garden, Kath? Uh-huh. We love the garden. <laughs> Visible from the living room and a tennis court. Of course. Cohen said the property is one of the most uh, impressive he's worked with and the most expensive. The Springers bought the property for $7.5 million bucks in 2002. Enlisted it in 2014 for $25 million. They've upped it $10 million. They've upped $10 million. And the market's kind of taken a bit of a downturn out that way. While there was interest at the time, the Springers chose to stay for a time being until they could find a suitable place to move next. Cohen said the property's location, size, and unique culture make it uh, one of a kind. Also emphasizing the symmetry and the design of the architecture, sculpt, uh, sculpting, and artwork. Very nice. The Bridal Path is by far the most luxurious neighborhood, if not in all of Canada, certainly the GTA. He said, I don't think you would find four acres groomed together flat and uh, a river running through it elsewhere. The culture of the home, the architecture, uh, I can't think of another home that has nailed it quite the same way. It's all put together. That This has it all. Springer, the owner, a lawyer and venture capitalist, together with his wife, a managing partner of a major international law firm, are now ready to downsize. There, there we you go. Right, There's yeah. the answer. The point now is we've reached a stage in our lives where it's time for someone else to celebrate what we've now completed, Springer says. Our children are older, both have graduated and moved on, and it's essentially an empty nester story. Huh. Oh, I wish them all the best. There you go. So, isn't that, uh, isn't that interesting? But, uh, yeah. Let's take a break. When we come back, we've got, um, what do we have here? Ten reasons bugs love your home. Ten reasons bugs love your home. What, can you think of anything, Kath? Why would bugs love your home? Steph, anything? Food. Yeah, food, food crumbs. Yep. Moist areas, maybe. Yep. Um, Let's see. Almost any bug is allowed in my house except a spider. Really? Yeah. Almost. Cockroaches? Oh, I forgot about them. <laughs> Bed bugs. I Bed forgot bugs. about them. Oh, here Never we go. mind. Here I, we take go. I take list. it back. Long list of bugs. Of, you know, welcome to Kathy Talbot's property. <laughs> Bed bugs. Okay, cockroaches. I have had neither of those, okay? <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about reasons bugs love your home. That and lots more right here on the Dan Jemis Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the show, Kathy Talbot, Stephanie Tripp, sales reps of the Dan Gemma's team in studio with me today, and we are about to talk about reasons bugs love Kathy Talbot's home. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dan. So, uh, if you missed us before the break, Kathy was joking, saying, oh, any bugs are welcome except for spiders. spiders. And they, oh, really? Cockroaches? Bed bugs? No, Not I changed those. my no, mind. Change no. your mind. You so, wait till you move out the county. Yeah. Let's see what bugs you get there, Mr. <laughs> City Boy. Oh, shoot. Okay, so actually during break, you you talk about, um, you thought that plants would, would cause yes. issues. That's number one on the list. Ah, do I get a star? No. When bringing... <laughs> I never get a star. You'll be invited to the show next week, Kathy Dalvin. All right. Uh, when bringing potted plants inside for the winter, watch out for hitchhiking pests yes. lurking in the leaves and soil. Don't think that only insects that feed on fo uh, foliage, such as spider mites uh, and uh, linger in greenery, spiders, beetles, ants, centipedes, and pill bugs. What's a pill bug? You know? Yeah, I've seen them. Also frequently hide in and around outdoor containers. Check all plants thoroughly. So basically, unplant your plant. Yeah. 
and plant it back again. <laughs> Wash it. <laughs> dry it. Uh, paying special attention to the uh, underside of leaves, the bottom of the pot, and the soil surface before bringing them into your house. Uh, white light. If you're constantly visited by swarms of moths, crane flies, beetles, and other uh, nighttime insects, the problem is likely white outdoor lighting. Insects that fly at night use the moon for navigation, and they get confused. Oh my gosh. And are often confused by intense white artificial light. The solution, that makes sense now that they say that, right? I always wondered why they attract the light, but the moon. I never thought of the moon. Huh. The solution is simple. Switch your white outdoor bulbs to yellow yellow ones instead. Insects do not see yellow the way we do. And they'll, they will pass by your porch without trying to get inside your house. Huh. Next on the list of uh, things that, um, reasons bugs love your house. Next, brown paper bags. Oh. A pile of paper grocery bags stored underneath your kitchen sink, tucked next to the refrigerator, are piled up in the corners like a beckoning call to cockroaches. These critters love to hide, eat, and lay eggs Ooh, in the creases of paper bags, especially if the pile is thick. Oftentimes, roaches enter the home because their eggs are already on the paper. Oh, that's gross. But they might also stumble across the bags when searching for water. To prevent your paper bags from turning into a roach motel, always recycle or compost or reuse them. There's not a lot of paper bags anymore, no, though, eh? There used to be. Now it's hmm. all plastic. I wonder if the same concept applies to your yard waste bags. I keep those I in think. my front hall closet. And there's a lot of them are sitting oh, in the garage where it's you know yeah. moist and with the humidity and. You better get them out of your, your front hall closet. Hall closet. Oh. Yeah. Put that on your list to do today. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Next, leaks in plumbing. Bugs get thirsty too, and they're Thanks. unlikely to resist the temptation of dripping water. Cockroaches, centipedes, and silver fish. Uh, especially, what is Zorfish? Oh, yeah, I've seen them in also, the bathrooms. Like, I think those are also called earwigs. Yes. Oh, earwigs. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Especially crave a watery hideaway, and they will seek out um, uh, any slow drip under your kitchen or bathroom sink, refrigerator, washing machine, dishwasher, or toilet. Always fix leaks right away, if not for bugs, for, you know, rot issues and mold. Uh, always fix leaks right away and under your uh, sinks monthly to catch, and uh, check under your sinks monthly to catch plumbing failures before they become pest problems next backyard debris does your yard have overgrown shrubs unmown grass piles of fallen leaves stacks of firewood or forgotten kiddie pools or toys backyard debris is a favorite hiding place for spiders beetles fleas earwigs centipedes and other creepy crawlers yep once these pests have set up housekeeping in the backyard they'll just they're just a hop skip and a jump away from entering your home. Keep your outdoor area free of debris and never leave pools and standing water in the yard. That's what boys, our boys love doing the best is like lifting the pool, like the little plastic yes. uh, jump. And um, see all the bugs under there. The bugs under there and they love catching them and they have little bug catching Boys kits. are gross. Oh, they love it. They love it. <laughs> oh, they're going to love the crick. Oh. oh, my Lord. They just love it. But uh, if you're just uh, joining us, we're talking about um, uh, reasons bugs love Kathy Talbot's home. <laughs> Uh, so, cra cracks around doors and windows. Spiders and insects can squeeze through astonishingly small openings. Little ri uh, like rips in the window screens or gaps between a door and its frame. Check your home annually for cracks or gaps near windows, doors, pet doors, and chimneys. Secure any openings to prevent an unwanted infestation. Reminds me, our, um, our screen is completely ripped on our 
screen door on our patio door in the back. Oh. We have to get it fixed before the uh, before the cold comes. We sold our house. It's not fair to leave the buyers with the. That's right. Know. Practice what you preach, exactly. Dan. Exactly. With a frozen screen. With a with a broken screen. screen. Ooh, next, overripe fruit. Oh yes, gnats. Have fruit you flies. ever spotted a uh, solitary fruit fly early in the morning and then come home later to find a cloud of them over the banana bowl? Yes. Fruit fly eggs can hatch in as little as 24 hours, so a small infestation will rapidly multiply. These tiny insects are powerfully attracted to decaying fruit, and they're able to enter your home through any small opening, such as a window screen. Uh, deter the pests by storing fruit in the fridge, eating it before it becomes overripe, and adding it to your compost pile uh, if it's past uh, if it's past its prime. Do you guys have compost um, bins? We do. We love ours. Over the years, we've used it a lot. We haven't actually taken the compost out to put it over the garden, but Aww. throw all of our compost back there. It's pretty uh, pretty cool. Next, grains in the cupboard. Mm-hmm. Pesky pantry moths and their maggot like larvae love grains that's disgusting they often catch a ride to your home via groceries including flour cereal pasta and pet kibble once inside they quickly reproduce and can chew their way into cardboard food boxes to feed on their contents prevent an infestation by storing grain products in airtight jars or bottles keeping rice and other grains in the fridge or freezer tossing expired grain products promptly and keeping an eye out for small holes in cupboard food boxes. Do we have time for a quick little story? Sure we do. When I was a student at the University of Windsor, um, I had boxes of cereal that probably sat there for months. I, I didn't eat a whole lot of cereal. Yeah, you're, 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 you're a university student. Yep. So one morning I, I decided to have some cereals. One of those cereals that had a lot of different stuff in it, like seeds and sure. all of that. Um, the green, uh, the green yeah. cereals. Yeah. And what I thought Stop. were little flax seeds, I noticed me. had little legs on them. Stop! But I ate half of my bowl of cereal before I noticed oh. it was full of bugs. Oh! <laughs> yes. Come on! It was really gross. Um, I, I think I threw up Good in the protein. sink that morning. Good protein. Um, not because I felt sick because of the what bugs. I ate. It was just mental. Oh, yes. no kidding. Um, yeah, I ate half a bowl of bugs. Wow. When we took the, uh, the kids of Science North in Sudbury a couple weeks ago, um, when we had our family reunion, and uh, they had this the station where uh, they were giving the kids and adults um, fried bugs, like they were real fried bugs, right? Whatever they were, little you know grasshoppers. Yeah, little grass like larvae looking type things, right? And the the boys thought it was the funniest, coolest little <laughs> thing, right? I could do it. Nikki did. Nikki ate one. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Oh lordy! I couldn't do it. So there you go. So if you've uh, you know if your house is like Kathy Talbot's out in the county. Um, you know, and you got uh, gardens and mulch and all kinds of things and compost and, you know, I've never seen a bug in your house, Kath, and there are a lot. So, you know. No comment. No comment, right? <laughs> We've all had little little kinds of things. We've had ants, you know. Yes. And it, who hasn't had ant issues in their house? But uh, so, yeah. So take a look. Uh, and again, if you are thinking of buying or selling uh, the Dan Gemma's team, would love to talk to you and have uh, have a visit and come give you uh, um, an estimation on what your house is worth in today's market. You can give us a call seven days a week, 519-566-5565. You can find us online, dangemis.com. And a reminder, anybody who buys or sells with the Dan Gemis team saves 
for life on everything at Doobie's Home Center. So the team bought the store last January of 2016, and it was a flooring and paint store. It is now flooring, paint, window coverings, cabinetry, windows, doors, interior doors, trim, plumbing fixtures, literally everything for the inside of your house. Plus windows and doors, which is you know, the inside outside. If you buy or sell with the Dan Gemma's team, if you have bought or sold in the past with the Dan Gemma's team, and uh, as long as you remain a client of the teams, you save on everything in the store for the life of your relationship with the team, mm -hmm. which is our goal is to make that a lifelong relationship. So that's a big perk to uh, buying and selling with the Dan Gemma's team. You save on everything at Doobie's Home Center. You can find it at 269 uh, Ramsey Street in, uh, in Amherstburg. So if you have any questions there, give us all a call and we'll be happy to, uh, to help. Guys, thank you for coming to the show today. You're Stephanie, welcome. Thank you for waking up and coming with us. Thank you so much, Dan. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Have a great, great week. You've been listening to the Dan Jemis Real Estate Show, an advertising feature on AM800. If you thought about selling or buying a home in the future, the Dan Jemis Real Estate team would love to help. Visit the team's website at danjemis.com or call the office seven days a week, 519-566-5565.